Cheers. Damn you, old man. What's going on everyone? This is Robert Wolkenbrod here, talking a little bit about the NBA Finals that just recently wrapped up. First off, thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. Always glad to be here talking some hoops. So, the NBA Finals yeah, recently wrapped up um, and the Bucks went over the Suns 4-2. to two. It was a series I thought the Suns were going to easily take for a time. I mean, they were up to nothing. They had everything going in their favor. They just won the first two games at home. But then the Bucks, surprise, surprise, they made some adjustments. Because head coach Mike Budenholzer is not exactly known for making adjustments. <laughs> to say the least, if you've been following the Bucks for the past couple of years. But they did. They honed in defensively. Giannis recovered from that knee injury he had and he took over in the series and he was fantastic he was absolutely fantastic especially capping it off with that 50 point performance in game six just an historic unbelievable moment for him the bucks winning their first title in 50 years it's it's an incredible story especially from i mean franchise aside Giannis from where he came from Back in 2013, where he had only picked up a, a basketball a couple of years prior, and the, and he how he just grew from this big time project into this superstar global player who's one of, one of the faces of the NBA right now. It's really just an incredible feat on his part. It's an incredible feat on what the Bucks did because what the Bucks did was take a team that was. Giannis and Chris Middleton, they were great together, but they needed more. Eric Bledsoe wasn't that part. He was fine, but he was a little streaky in the playoffs, to say the least, or I should say he underperformed in years past. And then they had decent role players, but it just wasn't enough. And especially what we saw in the 2020 playoffs, it just really wasn't enough. So they went out and they upgraded for Drew Holiday, who who's more of a defensive-minded guard, but also has the ability ability to lead an offense in the night, and if he has to, and he did it on a few occasions. But in that final series where he really came in crucially, is locking down Chris Paul, and Chris Paul kind of faded away a little bit as the series went on, and it really left it to other players in the Suns like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. And Aiton wasn't as effective as he was in the previous series. Booker can only do so much, and he was really good, but he only could do so so much. But really, adding Drew Holiday changed the game there, and he really was a, obviously a tremendous difference maker for them in the fi- in the finals, leading them to this victory here. And now the Bucks gave up a lot for Drew Holiday at the time. It was Bledsoe, I think another player or two, and a handful of first round picks, but. They won a title a year later. They extended him as well. It's so worth it. Giannis is under contract. Chris Middleton is under contract. I think Brooke Lopez is still under contract. They have a whole lot of guys there who are going to be around for quite a while. And I think they'll they'll be okay. I think they'll be competing every year. They might not make it to the finals consistently. I don't know if they're there yet because of the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll get into in a second. But... 
the Bucks right now are they're riding high. They're riding high, and yeah, they have um, they have a, they have a high road ahead of them because the Eastern Conference has a few decent teams, especially if the Nets aren't the only one who bulk up. And just the fact that too, Kevin Durant, if he has if his foot was just a little bit more behind the three point line, this would have been a whole different thing. And for all we know, next year the Nets will be healthy. And they'll be ready to go again, and this is, and it'll be their Eastern Conference again. But the Bucks, this was their year; they really came through. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future holds because Giannis is only 26. You'd figure there's going to be, you hope and knock on wood that there's going to be another Finals appearance in his career, especially with this iteration of this Bucks team. But then going out to the Suns briefly, the Suns were a magical ride. I mean, a couple of years ago they finished, I think, dead last in the Western Conference or somewhere close to it. And they rose up. And within a really short time, turning around in the bubble last year when they went 8-0. And they weren't able to make the playoffs. But it really seemed like a turnaround moment. And they turned it into a number two seed in the West. And an NBA Finals appearance for the first time since 1993. Man, it's incredible. I mean, Aiton's so young. Booker's young. Chris Paul, I mean, he's not young. But, but if he comes back another year, you figure the Suns team will at least be able to make more noise in the West. Maybe not make the Finals again because the final, the West is just too deep for that. But to, for it to be guaranteed. But in time, maybe. Maybe you never know. Monty Williams just did an incredible job as the head coach there. He's he's locked in there for a long time. He's he's it's remarkable what he did. And especially did you see what he did after the game? He went into the Bucks locker room and congratulated them on winning. When have you ever seen a head coach do that, even on live camera, anywhere, anytime, any sport? I don't think I've seen that. Now I could be wrong. There could have been a coach that's done that in recent memory, but I don't recall a moment as profound as what Monty Williams did after Game 6. Losing the, the NBA Finals while his team is heartbroken and crushed. It's unbelievable. It really, it's it, he's an easy guy to root for. Very easy guy to root for. But these teams, both of them, the Nets and the... Excuse me, the Bucks and the Suns have a lot to look forward to. They have young teams for the most part. And I think you'll be seeing them sticking around for the next couple of years or so in the title picture. Now, of course, with how teams transition nowadays, superstars can jump all over the place. You never know who's going to end up one way or the other. I mean, Kyrie Irving bolted from the Cavs, I think, a year or two after they won the NBA Finals. Maybe it was a year. So, you know, just don't know what could transpire. You really do not know. So... Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting in the years down the road. But right now, the here and now, I mean, Giannis is locked in. They're all locked in, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But now, moving on, now into the off season, we have the draft coming up. We have free agency coming up, which I don't know if it's gonna be as hectic as previous years, but. There's situations where there's guys like Kawhi Leonard who could opt out, even though he just had a port partially torn ACL. A few other guys around the league. Um, probably more importantly, there's the trade rumors that could be 
transpiring, especially around Damian Lillard, if he decides to opt to ask out of Portland, or if that the rest of the Portland team just gets maneuvered and traded because Lillard is into his 30s now, believe it or not. He's into his 30s already, and time is waning on his prime. He might not have too much longer in his prime, so... It's gonna be it's gonna be a little tough getting a superstar probably out there to Portland even via trade even with some contracts out there because I'm just not sure right now who's gonna be that guy available to bring to the Portland when their Portland is a candidate to be the one shipping the one out. CJ McCollum is obviously a trade asset, but you just don't know about that. And maybe it's the Knicks who could also have their own interesting offseason if they decide to pursue a superstar yet again. And there's just so many other things to go around with this. I mean, you got the draft coming up within a matter of days. And I think free agency starts only a little while after that. And then you have Summer League in August. And then before you know it, we're back onto the regular schedule for the NBA in October. Yeah, for the first time in a, in a few seasons, we'll hope we'll knock on wood, have a full, complete season of NBA basketball for the first time since the. 2018 to 2019 season. It's quite quite wild that's going to be at that point because the past two seasons have been abbreviated or, or, or whatnot. I mean, even though this past season was 72 games, but it was over a very short amount of time. I mean, I think it was what four and a half months. That's that's a that's not a lot when the NBA season usually takes place over six months. Now it's a whole different conversation too for for reducing the games, but yeah, that's for another time. So, yeah, the uh, yeah, it's gonna be, should be interesting. It should be a fun off season, and the Bucks have a nice little off season hangover to go into. And yeah, we'll see where we go here. So, thanks so much for listening along here. It's been a fun fun NBA season. There's still a lot more to go this summer, and I'm really excited for it. You can go follow me on Twitter at WolkenRob. That's W O L K E N R O B. And you can follow along with, um, I have a little film blog and film YouTube thing going on right now at um, my name, Robert Wilkenbrod, on YouTube and on Substack at filmflyer.substack.com. That's F-I-L-M-F-L-Y-E-R. So, you got that. Forbes work I'm still doing for covering the San Antonio Spurs. I'll probably do some off-season stuff after the draft. And, yeah, I think that's all the places you can find me right now. So, oh, and uh, Wolken Media, my own uh, my own little digital video and imaging editing service that I, that I do in my spare time as well. So, thanks so much for tuning in, and, yeah, I hope to be back on soon to talk some more NBA with you guys. Damn it, Wade!